Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Geek, Live, Geek Vibes Live Interview. I am your host, Tia Fabi, and today I will be interviewing a very special guest from the critically acclaimed film, The First Purge, Rotemi Paul. All right, so if you guys haven't heard of The First Purge, it is the fourth movie in the Purge franchise, but kind of like a prequel to all of the other Purge movies, really kind of setting the tone for what we've already seen and explaining kind of what has uh, what has kind of happened behind the scenes. So I'm going to go right in. I do have Rotemi Paul on the line with me. Thank you so much, sir, for coming and speaking with me. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well today. It's not raining, so good for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. Can't complain. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's just it's really an honor to have you here with me. I absolutely love the Purge franchise. So, to speak with you is really awesome. I mean, how are you how are you feeling now that uh it's been out in theaters, people have seen the movie? How is that making you feel right now? Well, first of all, uh, definitely thank you for having me. Thank you for supporting the franchise, first and foremost. I think without people who love the genre and, and support the film, we, we don't have this moment, right? Um, so, so definitely thank you for that. But to answer your question, uh, it's, been, it's been amazing. It's been amazing just seeing it from script to being on set to you know, finally having the film released and like, people from all over the world you know, reaching out to me and uh, responding to the character the way they have and responding to the film overall the way they have has just been amazing. You know, uh, someone just sent me a, an article the other day letting me know that we did uh, that we did 100 million worldwide, which is which is mind blowing. You know, like for me and 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 the rest of the cast. I know we were just kind of celebrating together. We're all like seeing each other and you know just uh, <laughs> congratulating each other because it's a, it's a great moment. But it's it's been awesome to have the film finally come out and. And to have people enjoy it, I think that's why why we do this, right? Why we why we get involved in these characters and involved in telling these stories is for other people to then say, "Hey, that made me, you know, jump out of my seat," or or that, you know, I was screaming at at, at the screen, "Don't go in there," you know, all that sort of <laughs> stuff. When people are engaged, is kind of why I love doing it. Absolutely, and I mean, I was kind of before this stalking Twitter and. People really liked your character. You play the character Skeletor, which I yes. love that name. I mean, are you like a He-Man fan? Um, I mean, that has to be nostalgic <laughs> a little. I did grow up a, uh, a He-Man fan. You know, um, back you know when 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 I was a kid, I, I lived in the Caribbean, and He-Man was one of the shows that that we that we got both in Guyana in South America and then in in Antigua. I was very familiar with the character that had nothing to do with this character. But like you said on Twitter, <laughs> someone did drop like this, like this meme that was like, uh, I think I retweeted it. It was just like, um, per, uh, the first purge spoiler, uh, 
first verse, spoiler, it said uh, with no caption, and it just had a picture of Skeletor from He-Man, and I I lost it. I was like, this is awesome. Uh, definitely have to retweet it. <laughs> I, I saw that one, and I thought that was very clever on that person's part, and so you play this character, and how did you react when you first heard that you were you got this role, you're going to be in the first purge? I yelled at the phone. I my <laughs> uh, my agent called me, and um, I had actually not responded to another email that he had sent that morning. So I, I thought he was calling me about like going in for this like theater piece and. I was just kind of like, man, I hadn't heard back from this audition. I, I thought I did a really good job. Uh, I knew I did a really good job, but I hadn't heard anything. So I was kind of just like, ah, oh, man, feel a little, feel a little down about it. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to talk to him at some point. When he called me, I was, you know, we, we, I don't know if you ever picked up the phone and like try to beat someone to the punch. But he called me, and I was like, oh, hey, I was actually just about to call you. I know I didn't respond to this thing. Um, but, you know, I was just kind of wondering, you know, why we haven't heard anything or, or how we haven't heard anything from this audition that we did last week. And he's like, what audition? And I was just like, uh, well, you know, the, the audition for Island Experiment, because that's what it was called at, at the time, the audition. I was like, yeah, you know, when, when we went for Island Experiment, I thought I did a really good job. And, you know, I thought they, they responded to me in the room. And then he's like, man, it's funny you say that. I'm calling with your offer. I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, lost it, you know, just yelled at the phone and uh, just really was just smiling and yelling. A lot of yelling, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of out of breath yelling. So uh, it, was, it was a great moment. It was a really, really fun moment. And I think I, I knew I had something special in the character and I kind of just wanted to bring that to light. I thought I did that, you know, with the audition, but I knew I could go further uh, in terms of like being on set. So I was, I was really excited. It was a unique opportunity. And I mean, as you said, you already knew in your like being that you deserve this role. And honestly, I don't think anyone else could have done it as well as you did because you kick off the movie. I mean, you're yeah. setting the tone for everything that we're about to see. And so, I mean, what I have, because you sound like a very nice guy, so how did you get into the mindset of someone like Skeletor? Um, I think, you know, the one thing about characters, one thing about people in general that I truly believe is, you know, what separates us is perspective. Um, I think what I needed to, to, to get was a sense of, of perspective, life from his viewpoint, and then also understanding, for me, our connecting points. And I felt very connected to Skeletor's position because, a, it's not like I was playing like a ghost or some sort of entity, but he's a human being. Um, he's a human being with with a real life experience. And also, the one thing that I felt like he connected to on a, on a really deep level was opportunity. Either lack of opportunity or, in contrast, the opportunity that the purge might provide. Um, so for anyone who's never had opportunity or who's lacking opportunity in their life, I felt like that was a huge motivating factor. Um and that's kind of how I tapped into where I would start with the character. And then, you know, I, I built him out from there. and I, I figured out what his sonic scape would be, like what, what music kind of uh, would be relevant to his life. Um, he, maybe sounds that he would have heard uh, being in Staten Island, you know, growing up in the 90s. So all that kind of played into, I think, who 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 he was. Um, 
but I really wanted to understand what his motivating factors were and, and what influenced his behavior. Um, I got a lot of that from either opportunity or on the flip side, lack of opportunity. And then also, you know, uh, pain, <laughs> uh, pain and, 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 and how that manifests itself. Uh, I know for my, myself personally, um, there was a large period of time where I dealt with pain just by myself. And I was very, very close to the vest with, with, with my emotions and didn't really uh, share in terms of like what, what was bothering me and just, you know, made it so that everything appeared all right. Um, and I, I know the behaviors that, that that can manifest. So I, I thought about, you know, what his experiences would be and, and how he dealt with, with the pain and, and trauma of his life. And after I shaped that, it was, it was off to the races. Which is really cool that you could have really approached this in this humanistic uh, way. And, you know, you you watch interviews and you read interviews with actors and everyone kind of has a different approach to things. Are you the type of actor that when they yell cut, you're just rotimi again? Or do you kind of try to stay in that mindset of the character that you're playing? Yeah, I think I need I need the embers. I need the embers of the life that I've created to still be going. I don't need the fire to be raging, but I, I need the embers to still be there. So to not like free people, what what I do is I kind of just isolate myself. You know, if it's like I, if I know I have a lot of uh, emotionally draining work uh, left to do in like the second half of the day, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of just isolate myself a little bit and uh, listen. To, I had my headphones all the time. And like I said, I had a sonic scape that kind of was the lifeblood of the character. And I would just listen to that particular playlist um, on on repeat just over and over and over, especially in, in, in my downtime, you know, whether they're uh, adjusting lighting or whether we're moving on to the next scene or whatever the case is, uh, I, I need to, you know, like I said, keep keep the embers going so I could call on that emotional life when when my time was up so yeah and then that is great and obviously you can see the payoff of you know getting into the character remaining kind of in the shallow end I, I guess I would say um, um, you know so as Skeletor and you're reading the script first of all I, I don't know if you can tell me this, but did they give you the whole script or were they just giving you your pieces? Because I know that's kind of like a thing now with uh, with actors well, and movies. Well, for the audition, I just had uh, two sides. I had the scene that I opened the film with. Um, so mm-hmm. I had that opening scene. I didn't really realize it was the opening scene. Um, mm-hmm. It was just the interview scene. And then I had the scene with Isaiah where I, you know, first slash and where I just try to get, um, where I go to purchase from him or not purchase from him. Um, <laughs> and we have that, that one scene, that daytime scene. Um, so those are my two audition sides, but I didn't, I hadn't seen the full script at that point. And like shortly after I got the call about booking the film, I, I ended up, um, I ended up getting the whole uh, script. So, you know, maybe about I would say a week or so after I got the call from my agent, I ended up not even a week, maybe like 
four or five days after I got the full script. Nice. And was there any at was there any point as you're reading through the script that you see your character something that they're doing and you're like, whoa, this is too much. This this crosses a line. No, absolutely not. I think for me, I was looking for places to go um, where I could kind of push the envelope a little bit. Uh, I thought we had some unique opportunities, uh, and my scene partners were amazing. You know, I brought ideas to the table, and between my castmates and and Gerard, who um, directed the entire project, uh, they were just really, really open to me trying, trying things, trying ideas that I had and, and stuff that I brought to the table. So I think a lot of what uh, appears in the film is just, you know, ideas that we kind of worked out together and you got to be thankful to, you know, castmates who are willing to play in the sandbox with you and allow you to bring crazy off the wall ideas <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and run with them. And, and that's awesome. I mean, the first purge, um, and I don't know, have you seen the prior films before this? Uh, I've seen them now. I, I saw them in January. I hadn't seen them when I auditioned or, or, or when I shot the film. Uh, because I got the role without having seen them, I just made a choice that I didn't want uh, past films to influence my character. Like I said, I really believed I had a unique opportunity uh, with Skeletor, and I kind of wanted him to stand alone. Like, he was his own character. He didn't he didn't come out of other people, you know, having uh, lived their life and he saw something they didn't, he became Skeletor. I think he's his own thing, his own entity, his own person um, who just happens to be in this world. And I took it, I took it from that standpoint and knowing that our film takes place before all, all the other films, uh, I said that, Hey, we're the people who created this sort of world, not the other way around, and decided to uh, wait until after we finished shooting. So I watched them on top of the year in January. I loved all of them, and I kind of see how we fit into the overall franchise and the overall world that uh, James and Monaco created. So it's it's amazing to be a part of. I I would, if I were you, I would love to be a part of it for Bill, and it sounds like you do because um, from... I think one day I was just binge watching the films and literally just watched all three in a row and to see the kind of transformation of where it originally was that we thought the purge was. And then as we keep going and finding out that it had all these, uh, all this like political agenda behind it. I mean, watching it, you think it's far fetched, but in a way you kind of think, well, with the, political climate of this country and the tensions going, I mean, would we ever be close to getting something like the purge? That's terrifying. We want to keep, we want to keep ideally uh, we want to keep the film and, and the entire franchise in the world of fantasy. You know, when it starts blending towards real world events, it is unnerving and it's terrifying. And, and as, as artists, as actors, you know, you kind of look back and you're like, wait a second, I'm not, I'm not a documentary filmmaker. You know, I, I, I want to tell, I want to tell stories that are entertaining, but I don't need fantasy and, and reality to kind of be as close as they are right now. I think that's probably what's most unnerving for people. It's not the jump scares. It's like, <laughs> 
you know, people uh, in the tower manipulating uh, real world events and, and how that affects the common person. I think that, that theme in, in our film is, is hitting people. Yeah, and that's what I think is the most terrifying as well. <laughs> yeah, like the character Arlo Fabian is much more like that that uh chief of staff that he is much more terrifying <laughs> than me. You know what I mean? Than, than yeah. Like his agenda <laughs> is terrifying. You know, Absolutely. I'm just a guy I mean, out in the night doing doing what I can to get ahead, you know. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And I think that's really what the first purge and the other purge movies really touches upon and I mean it's just the the whole thing really was just so enjoyable to watch. You were so enjoyable to watch. Um oh, thank you. <laughs> what was your what was your favorite scene acting out? Ah, oh, my favorite scene acting out. Um hmm. I like. I know I'm putting you well, on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll bookend it. I guess I'll bookend it for right now. I'll say the the opening scene because I knew what it meant for the film. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> um, I knew that my character kind of coined the phrase, coined the phrase, uh, the purge, and that that being in the top of the film and setting the stage for what, you know, I felt like as a teammate, the work of all my, my castmates, um, I needed to, I needed to do my part, you know, I needed to do my part to make sure I didn't drop the ball for everyone. I knew everyone was doing great work. I was on set watching them do it. I just felt a sense of responsibility, like let's knock this scene out the park. And then for me, just like returning at the end, to have that that moment with 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 the Mercs and allowing Dimitri to kind of you know have his hero moment and and, and throw the C four pack uh, was a lot of fun. That that choreography and, and 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 fight work was just a lot of fun to do. Um, so selfishly, just the fun aspect of it, working with Hank Amos and, and Mike Massa and all those guys doing stunts was amazing. You know, I could say I did all my stunts in the film. Um, so yeah, it was. Those those scenes were fun, but the party scene, the party scene was just that night was just electric. Uh, we felt it on set. It wasn't really even. I can't even say on set. Like we felt it at the party because it was a party, you know. Um, and working with uh, Javan Wade, who I think is an absolute star, um, but also just a very very talented actor, um, was amazing. You know, I. I we had a good amount of time where we, I was playing off him. He's playing off me. Like a lot, a lot of our scenes were together, but, um, yeah, you know, that, that, that party scene, <laughs> that party scene was a lot of fun to shoot. That's awesome. And, you know, so now that you've done the first purge, people love it. People have watched it. People are praising your performance. Um, what's next for you? What's next for me is continuing to chase characters. I don't, I don't have, I didn't enter this, this career pursuit to end up at a specific place. I really just, I really just want to do things that inspire me. I really want to be a part of films that have interesting characters and are telling interesting stories. And really, like, like you started the conversation with affecting people. People are having responses to this film, and I think that to me is exciting. You know, I want people to respond to my characters, and I, I want to 
you know, provide a bit of art that things that excite me, you know, uh, characters that kind of scare me or challenge me are things that I'm, I'm seeking. So that's kind of what I'm allowing to lead my path. And I just look to hope to continue to do more, more good work. I think you're going to get all of the work, especially after the countless interviews that I've seen with you, your performances, I think 100%, you're going to go in really amazing places. Well, I am supremely humbled by that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for your support of the work. Thank you for the support of the film. Of uh, the genre, you know, just just thank you, um, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be talking again on the next one. I hope so. Um, Real Timmy, it was amazing speaking with you today. Thank you so much for sitting down, making the time to speak with me. Um, anyone who's listening to this, if you haven't seen the first Purge, um, I think you can still catch it in theaters. Um, just make sure you you watch this because it was fantastic and. Thank you so much to Geek Vibes Nation for providing us to even do this interview in the first place. Very much so. Thank you, Geek Vibes, and thank you for having me. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your support. <laughs> and, yeah, go check the film. The first purge was, was still in theaters. Awesome. Thank you so much for Timmy. All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.